I really enjoyed recording with these group of women for this episode because these ladies have a strong relationship, not only with their kids, with God, but with each other. Friendship is important, especially with a time like this. COVID is hard for a lot of people, but it's even harder going at it alone. So in this episode, they touch base on being a great parent, maintaining a job, running the household, all while staying sane. And we also introduce what it's like to care for a parent during a time like this, because there are people who are caring for the sick and shut in during this pandemic. So please enjoy this episode. What's your getaway? (laughs) 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 Um, I don't have a getaway. I don't know. I don't think I have a getaway. I mean... I, you know, I watch my sex in the city every night at 11.30 to whenever it goes off. You again? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we don't want to be here. Just sit episode I have a, a guest of lovely ladies and I'm gonna let them introduce themselves. Kamisha, Shanae, Maisha, Robin. And I also have a visitor, he's just chilling today. He's chilling way over there. He don't he, he probably won't be on this episode. He's socially distanced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's distanced for us. Um, but yes um, this episode really uh, it really uh, frames around parenting especially mothers. Um, a house divided. We talk about being a mother in a time where um, you have to be at home 24-7, you have to take care of your kids 24-7, but you also had a job, a full-time job, and you had to maintain that. So we, we titled this episode, A House Divided. But before we get into the logistics of this episode, I want to bring out our um, survival tip for this episode. And this survival tip of this episode is don't underestimate the silent strength that you don't even know you possess. What does that mean to y'all? You know, what does that sound like to you guys? So for me, uh, this is Maisha. It's it's really just about being able to dig deep, you know, and, and figure out, you know, what makes you, what helps you keep going. And it's it's like, you know, it's not something you plan, right? Like this whole, this, this coronavirus and this, this whole situation that we're in, you know, none of us plan to be staying at home with our kids and, and becoming mom slash teacher. Uh, that was that was never in my wildest dreams anything that I'd ever thought I'd sign up for, uh, and yet here we are. So it's where do you find that strength? You know, where do you find that get up and go when you know things start to feel really heavy? Um, mm-hmm. And that's what that means. It's just you know, it's it's just digging deep and you know figuring out what to, what it takes to to keep you moving. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Shanae. Um, for me, it meant to. Um, not tell yourself you can't do it until you're actually placed in the situation. Like Maisha said, um, we were all placed in a, uh, some circumstances that we did not plan for. So like she said, um, I was a mom. I was a mom of a baby under one. Um, I was a teacher and I was a teacher of my son as well. And so um, no, that is not something I signed up for. That's not something we planned for, but it's basically saying, don't say you can't do it until you really can't do it, and um, we've all survived thus far, so that's what it means for me. 
<laughs> this is Kamisha. She's um, going right now. So. No, for I guess for me, um, with the job that I'm in, I don't. I mean, that's our model. Like we just do it. Like we don't have a choice. We um, we we've never stopped. We don't stop. I mean, not saying that anybody else has, but this doesn't stop what we have to do. It's kind of like made it increased. Um, so, and it's just for me having to figure out now, cause my job, I was already balancing getting Carson where she needed to go or whatever the case may be. But now it's, what do I need to do with her here? Who's going to help me when I have to go out? I can do my job from home, but when I have to go into somebody's house or to somebody's house, who's going to help me with that? So that's kind of what that is for me. Um, this is Robin. For me, it's, I guess, kind of when you get pushed up against the wall, what are you going to do? Almost like that fight or flight. And, you know, what senses are going to kick in when all that happens. So I'm not a mom, but I am taking care of my elderly mom. And I say that loosely because she doesn't need that kind of help. No, she don't. But, they know my mama, but you know, it's different when I see her go to the grocery store and then she comes home and she's limping, you know, or her back is bothering her or there's days that she wakes up and she can't do. And so it's on me to take care of all that. Um, and then with her being elderly, being careful about when I go out and bringing something back, you know, that may harm her. So. I'm the daughter mom. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, see, I, I selected that survival tip for this episode because, you know, I think to be a mother and to be a mother during this time, you have to find that second strength. And sometimes people take um, parents for granted. They think it's expected. And it is. I mean, you have a child. It is your responsibility. But there is no off button. And so I feel like, you know, never underestimate that second or that silent strength that you possess because sometimes you do want to drop the kids off forever and you can't so um I, I really appreciate that and, and you know going into like I said I started this season um adding survival mode and what I do is just ask people you know is there something you discovered about yourself that you didn't realize you possessed that helped you survive COVID you know so what's your survival mode Kamisha? I can stay up for a very long time <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, it sounds funny but I say that because I try to still do my job in the daytime, but I can't. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you start doing all kinds of other things, and you got to do the Zoom class, and then you got to do the homework with the Zoom class. And it's like, I cannot, because I'm documenting and making phone calls, and I can't do that while she's there. So my time, that is my prime time, my friends know, 11.30 I start, and I don't go to sleep until about 3 o'clock. Then I wake up at 8, like it's a regular day again. Mm -hmm. And start again. So me knowing that I can stay up for that time, because I'm not tired. Right. It's just a, it's like it's, that's my normal time to be up now. So, so do you get naps in during the day? No, I stay up. Bless it be. Yeah. For me, I this is Shanae. I would say it was uh, resilience. Um, like we've all said, like we have, as moms, we kind of just do. Um, we don't expect somebody to help us. And I think that's just my personality in general. I don't like to get help, but I know that I have a support team to help me. Um, and so 
being that way kind of helped me in COVID because like I stated, I was mom, um, mom of a 10 year old, mom of a baby who just turned one. Um, I was teacher. I was trying to teach my son as well um, and just handling everyday life. And so if I, I feel like if I wasn't that, I probably may have not been able to found, find my balance um, because that, that's a lot to balance. You know, like she said, you're trying to do Zoom calls. I'm teaching lessons. I'm trying to make sure my son's on his Zoom. I got a baby on my leg, on my shoulder. And so um, I think that's what helped me survive through it all. Um, this is my Ishan. For me, I just had to learn how to give myself a break. Like, really let it go. Like, you don't have to get it all right because this was not the plan. Right. Um, and because at first, I was, I was stressed out. When the moment that they said, there's no more coming into the office, and there's no more going to school. I'm like, oh, so now what? You know, <laughs> what that mean for me? You know, because working at home sounded good till you told me my kids were gonna be with me. Um, and so now I'm like, oh no, I don't want to fail my kids. I don't want to lose my job. Yeah. I don't know how to balance being everything for everybody. And so I had to learn how to just give myself a break. Like you don't have to go so hard at every single thing. You got to learn how to be okay with this imperfection um, that we're dealing with right now because this wasn't the plan. So this is a life right now of trial and error, learning yes. and adjusting. You know, I thought I could do it this way. Oh, this didn't work for us. You know, so it worked for my homegirl over here. But in my house with three little girls, this didn't work for our home. Mm -hmm. So now, so now what? You know, let's come up with another plan. Let me get my kids on board. Let's see. Let's try that for a week yeah. and see if that works. And, you know, our house is ever evolving. And I had to be okay with just evolving with what the situation was becoming. And we're still dealing with, we don't know what's next. You know, we don't mm -hmm. know if our kids are going back in August. And so what does that mean? So it, it's a situation where they that. <laughs> we well, hope, you know, unless you want to keep them at the house. <laughs> we hope, you know, it's and then there are decisions that have to be made. You know, do mm -hmm. I choose, you know, possibly putting my kids in a in a, a potentially dangerous situation, you know, or can I choose to keep them home full time and possibly put myself in a in a situation at my job to where I can't be everything that they expected of me? Yeah. So what am I choosing? I had to, to sit down with my boss like, hey, check this out. When you hired me, you knew I had three kids. They have never been an issue with my, my career. But now I've been asked to merge those two into one. And I am going to choose my children every time. And if that is going to be a problem, you need to say that to me out loud. Mm. Aisha for president. That's all right. I mean, that's good. Because some people are afraid to have those conversations. I had to you do have it. You to be honest. And the, the C... <laughs> The COO of the company called me after I had that conversation with my boss because I'm sure he called her like, hey, so about this, you know, <laughs> Maisha is feeling this kind of way because I told him, I was like, do I have the company support or do you need to tell me that I don't? You know, and I, don't, I didn't want to get him into an HR situation, but I need to know. I don't like things coming at me from the side. You know, yeah. don't blindside me. If this is going to be problematic that I'm going to choose my children yes. over this next meeting that you want me to have, I need to know this up front. And they couldn't tell me no, so then they had to adjust, you know, because I'm going to confront you with my truth so that you can understand that because I'm having to adjust, so do you. It's not just me. And I'm one of the few people in my office or in my company. I'm, first of all, I am one of two uh, African-American women that works at the company at all mm. um, and in leadership. <coughs> and one of two in leadership. 
And so I'm like, so, you know, everybody else is going to be predominantly white men. And they got, you know, wives or, you know, mothers of whoever to where they're not dealing, you know, the hands-on part of having kids. And so I knew my situation was going to be different than 90% of who we're dealing with. So I needed to tell you, I'm not them. So the the same expectation that you have of Billy is not going to be Maisha. It's, it can't be because my, my home is different. Like you know, that. he can deal with his puppy when, you know, whenever the puppy needs water, you go throw that water in the bowl. My kids don't drink out of a bowl. I got to go get their water. Hey. But so, did you have the name of Billy? <laughs> I, I, Karen? <laughs> <laughs> so, with the same thing with that, it's you also have to kind of think, um, you know, other situations. Like, I could send with my job in a previous. In, pre-COVID oh Sinead's off for the summer I can send Carson over here or I can send Carson to Austin with my mom but everybody's going through this everybody's yeah. off everybody's in quarantine right. so I can't so it's kind of like you can't lean on the That's village that you have right. because everybody's in yeah. the same thing that you're going through and the one thing that I do want to say is a lot of people just like when Maisha was like it's cool for me to work from home without my kids just because we say that, that doesn't mean we don't like our kids. It's right. just something that's not normal for us, right. and now we have to adjust. Because yeah. a lot of people say that, like on the news, oh, well, you don't like your kids, you don't. You don't. It's different. Right. And then now, I mean, you know, some people don't like And then you don't have to like your kids. You don't have to like your What happens when the village is closed? You know, right. so and, yeah. and we're gonna unwrap that. Mm-hmm. We're gonna unpack that. What you got? What's your survival mode? What you learned? I think I reverted back to when I was in a different role, and somebody told me, um, learn how to not have expectations, and then you won't be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Because I would constantly go into these situations where I expect for this. You know, I'm in this position. These things should happen. Blah blah. blah. Like, stop doing that because you're gonna stress yourself out and be mad over nothing. So going into COVID as a teacher, a lot of people had a lot of misconceptions as a teacher in COVID of, oh, well, you just get to teach online. No, it's not just teach online. <laughs> um, and then depending on the school district you went in, it made it even harder or better for some people. And I will say I'm the latter. And so it was very difficult where I, in your mind you think I'm going to work for these hours but I was working all day long because people have different things at their house that they got going on. So when I'm ready to do this piece, I can't because I got to wait on so-and-so. So it's not till six o'clock, you know, and then I look up and it's two and I haven't had lunch or, you know, it's, it's different. So I had to stop expecting so much from different pockets so that I could just uh, make my own adjustments and move forward. So that's good. That's good. It's positive too because you know everybody have their own spectrum of what they had to do to survive and have to get through it. But I know it's a different chromosome when you have a child, mm-hmm. and so I, I think people don't take into account that. And so let's just unwrap this episode. You know, we talk about a house divided. You know, having been a full time parent twenty four seven is that job description. There is no way around it. Like Mike said, hey, it's me and my kids or nothing. And then you got you know if you have a household, if you're married. Etc. You know, there is no safe space. You know, like I said, it's so funny because, you know, with my doctor, when I went to my first appointment, she's a very serious lady, but her daughter was crawling up her back and she was just so embarrassed. I told her what to be embarrassed about. There is no um, 
daycare in your house. Would you gonna put them in a closet or something? You have to please continue. Let me do that. Yeah, please don't. Please don't. So, and you know, and what's also funny about this episode is that we have a first responder, which is Kamisha. She did not stop working. So let's just unpack it. When they announced that we in COVID. I think I think everybody went home for spring break and then there was no coming back. Came back. And so like mm-hmm. name talk about as a mother how you start planning that that whole navigating yourself through that when you knew the return was still at home. So for me, this is Kamisha. Um so we were on spring break and then my supervisor called me and she was like, What are you gonna do? I was like, Well, just like that? Yeah. Um, I got some time. So let me take some time to figure it out. So I took an extra week um, and then, you know, just try to figure out. I will say where I work, I've been there so long. They know my situation. They know, you know, my daughter. They know me. They know my family's not here. So it was easier. Um, they actually kind of worked with me and was like, okay, how many hours can you work? How many hours do you need to go in the field? And this is before our policy change because we have a temporary policy change to where how we see our kids. So um, it was just trying to figure it out. But I had to lay it out. Like, who's going to watch my daughter when I have to go to these appointments? Because we have to do our initial appointment face-to-face. Then I had to come to the realization and let them know. Just know I'm not going in anybody's house. (laughs) (laughs) So I will meet them on the porch um, to talk to them. But then I'm like, again, my village has the same situation that they're trying to figure out. So, I mean, at one point I was like, okay, look, since I'm going to be in the house, I'm not going to be in the house, maybe I can just have Carson sit in the car with an iPad while I'm on the porch because I can still see her. But then I'd have my own case. So, <laughs> and then I have people that were like, you can bring her here before you go. But that's just a lot, like, having to go. And sometimes our cases are just sense of urgency. So it's like, oh, you can drop her off over here. But then I have to drive from Arlington to Cedar Hill or to DeSoto or to Waxahachie or whatever. Then I have to come back to Fort Worth because I work in Fort Worth, which is also sometimes a Keller. Then when I'm done with that, then I have to go back to drive and pick her up. And then come home. So it's just a lot of things that have to take account of. Of like, okay, what is the best situation for me mm-hmm. and my child on how to do this? And I have to make sure that I talk to my job and say, like, this is what I can do. And this is how we're going to do it. And then people were like, oh, we can help you. Like, but she don't know y'all, so we're not going to do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> y'all know my child. Okay. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, this is Shanae. And so for me... Um, my district actually went on spring break a week after everyone else was already on spring break. And a lot of districts had, were already in the talks of not returning the following week after theirs. So we kind of had like a head start. So the week before we went out on spring break, we prepared packets um, because we were like, okay, just in case something happens, we're going to go ahead and send you guys home with these packets in the event that, you know, school gets shut down. So we kind of had a head start on that. Well, we only sent the week home, so after that week, um, that's when we found out, okay, the kids aren't coming back, but my um, superintendent um, still wanted the teachers in the building, and so um, when that came out, I was like, okay, um, I know that my daughter can still go to the daycare because my daycare is connected with my school, um, and my only concern was my son, so I called his grandmother. She said she would keep him, but I had 
was like, well, who's going to help him with it work? Well, literally, the Sunday Sunday night was when um, the judge came and put the shelter in place for Dallas County. Our school is in Dallas County, so that is what led to us being able to stay at home as well. Um, so that initially shifted the change of what I was going to have to do. I got to stay home with the kids, but now it's like, okay... How am I going to balance this child, you know, my own son, preparing for my own students? And um, I would say like the first three or four weeks, I had that mindset that I had to be at the dining room table working from eight to two, eight to three, because that's my mindset. I'm a teacher, you know, here I'm sitting here all day, every day. But then I was becoming frustrated because literally I felt like when I was trying to work is when Skylar would come and want my attention. And I'm like, you know, I can't, you know, ignore her completely. Completely. Um, so, like, you know, I can ignore it a little bit for this time frame. Um, and so, like I stated earlier, I don't like to ask for help. Um, yeah. I'm like, I got this, you know, God gave me these kids. And I mean, He created me to be able to do this, this, and this. So, at this point, I'm like, well, she does have a father, and he's an educator as well. And um, in his position, he's um, a PE teacher and a coach. So, I'm not going down, y'all, but y'all really didn't have nothing to do during the COVID. And so um, I, I had to go ahead and just, you know, ask him, could he just come to the house during these times, during a certain amount of time that during, throughout the day so that I could really, like, focus on school and get that part done. And then, you know, I could be mom after that. But that took a lot for me to ask for help. Um, and not just only because of where our relationship is, but just because of who I am. It's like, I got this, and I don't really need help. But I think that was the most thing that I had to learn in order to even be successful. It's, it's, it's okay to get a little help. I mean, he is her father. But unpack that. You say, you know, I got this. Do you think that's a just a mother's instinct, or is that something just... Um, yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. It's a Shanae thing, but what mother isn't? Um, I don't even know if you're made like that, that I I, don't I can't... Not necessarily you can't, but if if it doesn't get done, who's going to do it? Mom. I do have that. Now, dads do step in and do their part, but normally... The mom is always in that mindset of, okay, if dad's not doing it, it's me. I got it, you know? And but that's a good parent, but not all mothers think like that. That's why, you know, it's, 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 um, it's, it's, it's general that people feel that way. Right. I mean, there's some, there's some terrible mothers too, very selfish, yeah. very narcissist. So yeah. when you hear somebody say, that's why I always ask people to unpack that. Cause people yeah. quickly say, you know, I, I got this, I'm the mom and I want to know where it come from because some people strive to have it, and I know some people very close to me who don't have it. And that's just me oh. and everything. Everything and I that I do. It's a society. It's an yeah. expectation. Yeah. You know, people look at mothers mm-hmm. as though you know we're the ones who made the choice, yeah. right? So we, you know, we fall for the whole "my body, my choice," right? And so now you chose, <laughs> you chose <laughs> your babies. Right? So now get your babies, yeah. right? So that it is the way society views mothers, yeah. you know, and that's in corporate America as well. When there's a father and they start talking, you know, relocation, they don't think, well, he's got three kids. I don't know if we can ask him for this promotion. It's going to be re- relocation. Right. But when it's my my behind, you know, on the line, they they consider if I would do it because of my children. They don't think that way about fathers because they're viewed differently in society. So the I got this really didn't come from something internal. That is the way it's ex- we're expected to behave. Yeah. I, I, I can get that. I like that. 
But yeah, I'm, I'm like that as a mom and just in general. That's just me. Um, I don't want help. And I, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but that's just, that, that's just me. I got it. It's a powerful thing. Yeah, I got it. I'm going to figure it out one way or another. And y'all not going to know the struggles that it took me to get there. Like, I'm going to keep it to myself. I mean, Kamisha knows that's my link. That's my LS. So, you know, and then my, my two over here. What's that? My link. You know. <laughs> we link together in the arms. So, we got mom. We got my sister. But, yeah. It's it's not too many people that are going to know. It's about, what, one, two, three, four, five. And that's important. And see, that's good. Yeah. Knowing who your village are. Because some, you know. We talked about it on some previous episodes mm-hmm. last season. Friends. Mm-hmm. Everybody's, oh, that's my friend. It's my friend. It's Is it really your friend? Right. Because it's when you fall out, the next thing you know, they know your social security <laughs> number. They know all your passwords. So a friend should, it should be respect even when you fall out. Right. You should never know. You should never skip a beat. But I like that. Maisha. Um, um, <laughs> oh, I, you know, I know y'all coming, but I don't want to look at you. Don't want the people. The people. My name is Maisha. <laughs> All the car calls me Maisha. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for me, I actually got lucky um, because my mother was actually in town for spring break, and when COVID hit. She couldn't get back home anyway, right? So I was like, you stuck. I'm yeah. stuck. They stuck. We all stuck. So I'm going to work while you're here with these kids. Yeah. All right, I'm out. So for those first, you know, those couple of weeks before, you know, everything shut down with shelter in place, my mom was at home with me. So um, in that way, I got very fortunate. And so, but then, like I said, once things shut down, I had to make an internal decision that my kids came first. And I was going to be very intentional about making sure that they got what they needed from me before anybody else got what they needed from mm-hmm. me. Um, and that was that was something that I, I had to pray about. I was up at night crying about because I'm like, God, what if I lose my job? We, we are stuck if I don't have a job um, because I am their source of income. I am the way that they eat. Right. And right. so, you know, I don't want to, you know, what's it, cut your nose to spite your face, you know? So, yeah. did I get that one right? That was yeah. country. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So, um, so I was very, I was concerned, but you know, God put it on my spirit that, Hey, you just speak your truth, you know, speak your truth to those who need to hear your truth and then walk that path. Don't stray from that. And, you know, but be forgiving of what you can and can't provide to your kids. Um, because I was in a situation where I have three daughters and two of them are very advanced for their age, you know, academically. And so I've got two daughters that are reading and doing math, two grade levels above where they are. And so I'm like, I don't want to fail them Mm -hmm. by now not knowing how to keep them at this accelerated pace. Whereas my third child, she like, you know, YOLO. That one is like, she is right where she needs to be and she don't want to be no further. (laughs) Um, So she was easy. You know, she was the one where I'm like, I think this one-on-one time with her is benefiting her. Now, my other two, I needed Shanae. Like, hey, what should they be doing? I'm calling the teachers. Like, you don't send me the kindergarten packet for my kindergartner, okay? Right. Because you already know that she is two grades beyond that. If you need to send me second grade, send me second grade. But don't treat her normally now that you're, you know, that she's not in front of you. And so I had those conversations. And the teachers really, I mean, God bless the teachers, okay? Because they really did accommodate what I needed from them, gave me some additional resources. And then I think that when you're... When you have a social circle that that 
parents like you parent to a certain degree in a sense that you know like Shanae said isn't that just what all moms do because that's all the mom she knows right she don't know no bad mamas and so, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about so, um, so when you're around like-minded mothers you know you you lean on each other for resources it's like you know Shanae will give me hey here go to this website you know here's some links to some books that you know you can keep your kids on this page and so I have you know these pockets of friends who are phenomenal moms you know moms that I look up to and they give me you know that energy that says hey your kids were already two grades ahead so if you think about it like this your kids were already there, you know, two grades where they needed to be. Even if they say stuck right there, because, you know, they right. still won't right. come back two grades ahead because yeah. everybody's stuck, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I didn't think about that. So because I'm thinking that parents are like me out there and they're like, okay, well, we're going to make sure that you stay on pace. And she's like, most people aren't thinking like that. They're just surviving, right? Surviving. They're just, they are just surviving right now. Nobody is in the mindset of trying to get their kid to excel right now. They just want to make sure that everybody is okay and that mm-hmm. they are busy, you know, and that they are out of your hair and all that good stuff. So, I mean, I just, I have to learn how to not be so serious about, you know, well, what, what math were you doing exactly? And what's the next level up from that? I'm not a teacher. And I had to realize that there's a reason I'm not a teacher because I don't, I don't teach, you know? And so I had to forgive myself for not choosing that profession in this moment. And so I wasn't prepared, but I was, you know, I was able just to realize, um, to, to call on my resources and they, they stepped up for me and I, I freaked out a few times. I cried myself to sleep a couple times, but I always woke up, you know? <laughs> and so when you wake up, it's just, you wake up with the renewed spirit of, all right, let's, let's get after it again today. Let's just go. Let's go. I like that. And so, you know, because what's so true about that, man, that you surround yourself. I'm, season one, we talked about it, how one of my friends said, if you're the strongest in your village, you need to add to it. Absolutely. And, you know, um, like you said, you, you surround yourself with people you look up to and you want to be like, why would you surround yourself with a bad parent? Because then you, like, unless they surround themselves with you so right. you can pull them up, that's different. Yeah. But if everybody around us is sorry, we got a problem. But then we're not making we got to yeah, <laughs> you don't keep them while they down. Now, I mean. Not down, but a little to the side. Right. <laughs> she said not down, but a little to the side. You don't keep it down. Yeah, you can't see it. You know what I'm saying? That's you can't see it. Virtually, you keep it like a chair. You're not in. You can't do it Zoom. You don't get the password. You don't get the password. But you know, so we in a time where you know. No one's lived through nothing like this. I think the last time, like 1918, and I, I don't know how they survived it back then. Right. They didn't have social media, no none of that. No videos. People should have been killing themselves. But um, <laughs> let's talk. Let's really talk really about it, though. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean just in that time, 1918. Yeah. Not yeah. now. If you was but, 1918, you should have killed yourself. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know they went out early too. They, they, they went out and they hit that second wave and killed all these people. But talking about it, like. Explain it to your child that you can't go outside. Mm. Talk about that. Oh right. my lord! I want to. I'll go first on this one because it's funny. <laughs> I did an interview with my kids, okay, um, on Facebook because I realized that people around me were like, "My ch- my child is depressed, or my child feels some kind of way." Now you gotta think my situation is a little different. I've got three kids, mm-hmm. and they're all one year apart. Yes, God bless me. Um, <laughs> And so they already have their own little social circle, right? It's three of them. So, and then if you knew 
you know, my living situation, they have their own game room upstairs. They have their own trampoline. God has blessed us, okay? So they didn't miss outside as much as someone mm-hmm. who didn't have the resources that we have, okay? But how to explain it to It was so, they, my kids are so intuitive. And so, like, even now, my kids are like, you know, we can't do that because of the corona. <laughs> um, and so, m- my oldest daughter will always ask me, she's like, Mom, when the corona is over, can we do this? Because she's into, like, American Ninja Warrior. Can, you know, can I go to the gym and start learning how to be American Ninja Warrior when the corona is over, you know? <laughs> so, they, they get it. Um, but I think for me, it, I had it easy because there's three of them. They have each other to play with. And, you know, the the oldest one was the only one I started missing her friends a little bit. Um, but even then, I have my village that has her friends in it. So um, we were able to, you know, kind of keep our kids connected, you know, the best that we could. And so I, I think that I just, I think of everyone, I probably have it the easiest because I have the most kids. And it's the only situation where I have it the easiest. Instagram page or YouTube channel for your kids because y'all, y'all, y'all give me life on Facebook. We have a fun it and is. very exciting life in our in our four walls yeah. and so and that's you know I think I had to learn how to play with my kids again mm-hmm. you know we did our thing or whatever but now that they see me working and they're around with me working they think I work a lot whereas before they're at school so they don't see you know, me having to ignore them, right? So that was the hardest part for my kids. It was, mommy, you're here, but you can't hang out with us. What's what's that about? You know, I, there's literally a six hour stint where I'm getting ransom letters under the door. You know, like <laughs> what she said, she wanted to eat. Yes, yeah, like, is it that time yet? With a big question mark, like I feel threatened by you know, you know, by my kids. Sometimes they slide and stuff under the doors and on my laptop. Um, for, so for them, I didn't want them to feel neglected mm-hmm. by me. So they didn't miss outside so much as as much as they missed that usually speaking when we're all together it's time to hang out because now school is out for you work is out for me now this is our time but now we're always together and mommy has to work so now it's not our time and that was the hardest part for them um, it was like, so what do we do? You know, you're here. You're usually the one that we, you know, you know, we're playing with. Yeah. So now what? So they had to learn how to hang out with each other more. And that was tough with little girls because everything is a problem. So, but as far as going outside, like they were fine. They can go outside in their own backyard. I'll turn the sprinklers on, tell them to have fun until they can't no more. And so we had, we had it pretty easy. So just wanting to them, wanting them to not feel neglected was tough. So I'm the opposite yeah. of her. <laughs> Um, so luckily, my daughter's school told them about the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. At first, I was a little mad. I'm like, why are you telling them about it? Because she was coming home asking. She was like, Mommy, they said today, don't pick up nothing and put it in your mouth off the floor. I'm like, why would you do it anyway? <laughs> right. So when we went to spring break, I think for me and Carson, um, with us, we're very social. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're always on the go. Yes, My are. daughter is the one that wakes up on Saturday and is like, so where are we going today? Mm-hmm. Um, but she's also a little teenager. So mm-hmm. we worked on the school 
But she kind of in her mind thought she was still on spring break because she wasn't going back to school. Mm-hmm. So sometimes she'd be like, it's just work. Why do I have to do it? And I'm like, because you want to go second grade? <laughs> 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 you want to fail? Right. <laughs> so it didn't bother her so much because um, her and her cousin, they would play on the iPads. You know, the village friends, they would play, um, you know, via whatever. So it wasn't bothering her. But then she started like, okay, spring break is taking too long. <laughs> why why am I not seeing my friends? Mm-hmm. So then I ha- what I had to do is find different stuff for her to do. So we got her a bike. Then she started like wanting to be outside. So then instead of wanting to be on her iPad all day, it was, can I go outside and ride my bike? But then that turned into, can I go ride my bike with my friends? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, we're still in quarantine. And she's like, quarantine? <laughs> she watches news with me. She's like, Donald Trump needs to end quarantine. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, well, he can't because it's a virus. Yeah. So the, for, for me, it was kind of hard for her realizing that she can't go out. And then when we got like the little bit that we did, we did the parade for Maisha's daughter. She didn't understand why we had to go back in. And not kick it like we usually have the birthday party. Right. right. She wanted to know why we couldn't stay. Well, why can't we stay? And like, you have to give excuses. Like, they're going with their dad, you know. They're about yeah. to leave. Everybody's leaving. But, so that was a, that was kind of an issue. And then it kind of faded out. Now, and then I just shipped her off to her grandma's house. So she don't have a house. And so for me, um, I don't deal with anything that they had to deal with. Uh, my son is nine. Um, and, well, he's 10 now, but he was nine when this started. So and, he had a quarantine um, birthday. Yeah, he had a quarantine birthday. Both my kids did. Um, but he's been the only child for nine whole years, and he's always played by himself. He's not like this big outside kid because we live in an apartment, so that's never been his thing. He only becomes the outside kid when we go to Maisha's house. <laughs> um, and so he was cool. Like, he was chilling. He... For him, it's like, hey, I get more time on my game. You know, I get to come in and, hey, what you cooking for lunch? What you cooking for dinner? Like, he was he was cool. cool. And, like, um, Carson, he watches the news. So he um, has a fear of tornadoes. And um, so he's, like, the meteorologist. And so he wakes up every morning to watch the news. So, of course, when, with him watching, he was hearing what's going on and the pandemic and people dying and things like that. But um, for me, it wasn't necessarily having to talk about COVID. Um, it was more talking about the deaths because he's hearing all of these people are dying. And one of the things that disturbs him and, you know, we've had to talk with counselors is his his mother dying and who's going to take care of him. Mm-hmm. So he's hearing all of this death and things like that. And so it's making sure that I'm continuously talking to him and just saying, OK, well, you know, they're dying because of this virus. And this is why you have to stay in the house to protect you from that. And so, you know, these were people who were had jobs where they had to be out or they had to be around the sickness and just making sure, you know, he's still okay in this because it's like, hey, he's a kid, but he's also a kid that's kind of more aware of death in a sense. And so that was more of my issue is not necessarily explaining the COVID, but so many people are dying and him hearing it and saying, okay, you know what? Hey, we're not going to watch the news anymore. Okay. Let's, I'll check your, I gave him a weather app on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> and the funniest thing is my sister lives in Nashville and so one day he texted her and was like, hey, Nanny, y'all are under a tornado watch. <laughs> she hits me up and she's like, why does he know? I was like, hey, I had to get him a weather app because the news was killing him. So it was just making sure, checking in and, you know, addressing what about the COVID was disturbing him and it was the death toll, so. 
Good. So, being a daughter mom, were your, was your mom okay staying in? <laughs> I know my no. mom was not. So. Well, no. she was. My mom was a nurse. You know, okay. So, for her, it's super serious. You know, so I had to, I think the hardest thing was grocery shopping. Uh, because I literally had to take everything out and wipe it down. Oh, that was a lot. And then put it in a separate cart That's and then bring it in the shop. house. And yeah, it was a whole routine. And then and take off all your clothes. And, and then she shopped for us too. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm shopping for y'all too. Um, and I literally had to take like everything off and go take a shower and the whole nine. Because oh she, my. Yeah, so those first couple, then when they start coming out with, look, you know, you're going to touch it no matter what. It's, it's going to be all right. I was like, see, mom? Like, I don't have to do that no more, okay? I'm just going to go grocery shopping. But I think for me, um, my brother, he's in Nebraska and he has ALS. And so he's at the point where right before this happened, he was like, I can't feed myself. So we were worried about who's going to be there with you because before he could at least get to the wheelchair, open the refrigerator, eat. So we were like, so what's going to happen? You're going to need somebody there all the time. Well, then COVID happened and he has a girlfriend that he lives with and his son is there. So now everybody's at home. So then a lot of the things that we were worried about, we were not worried about because there's somebody constantly there and they're making sure, you know, that he's safe and, you know, people are not just coming in and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it was kind of a blessing in disguise. So. That's good. That's good. You know, to see from a parent and then to see from a child, it, it kind of all works the same because it's hard for you to tell though that older population to stay still because Walmart was their friend <laughs> pharmacy the gas station when you talk to them I gotta go get my I gotta go get my prescription mama somebody else is gonna get that you know but they didn't really hear it and they're wiping it I'm gonna be honest I didn't wipe anything down I didn't and you hear it in person if you ever ate here before you know I didn't <laughs> I didn't wipe it down I thought that was silly but I understood some people had those germ yeah. issues but you were gonna eat it regardless of it. right I don't yeah. know what the container had to do with what was inside. My, my mom was the complete opposite of all that. She was like, I got a daughter. You can go. Yeah. Now, my aunt was a different one. I was like, hey, I need you to sit down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she was just, I'm just bored. I'm going to go to ma'am. See, that's problematic for me. Um, <laughs> like, rolling into, like, the, the fun part, let's talk about the, the discipline, the getaway. You know, it's all fun and games. We're making our way as a parent, being a 24-hour parent, working. But what that discipline looked like, what that getaway for you, what, what was your retreat as a parent when you had to, when you couldn't get away? Like, when you tried to lay down, they was probably still up wanting to watch TV, there was no curfew, there was no getaway. So talk about that as a, as a parent, in the, under that, that roof, four walls, and you couldn't go in the way. I, I was different. My kids are, are very disciplined kids. Um, we have a structure in, in our house. And it's funny when other people's kids spend the night, they be like, y'all are going to bed until 10 o'clock. My kids be like, listen, we out. My mom will play that. <laughs> like, it's, if they stay up past any certain time, it's it's a privilege, not, you know, not mm -hmm. right. Not so um, my kids, when they were in school, they were they knew baths at 8. They're in bed at 8.30. Like, that was the thing, right? We have a very well-oiled machine, but we have to. We got some, you know, I got so many kids. Yeah. We can't live like, you know, we, we can't play it by ear in my house. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody, we wouldn't make it. Yeah. So uh, survival means schedule for me. Um, and so when COVID hit, it was like, hey, you still got school in the morning, bro. So you, it, 
it, I would let it extend until, you know, if we weren't 8 o'clock anymore, maybe we were 9, 9.30. Mm-hmm. But that was more for my benefit. You know, I'd rather you be up a little later because you're going to wake up a little later. And that helps me in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, we, everybody just fell into a, a schedule, the same schedule, but we just pushed the hours back. So, everybody was still sleeping in my house by 10 o'clock. And that was my retreat. Like, I can then, I can pour my wine, take my bath, and and wash it all all the way down the drain and um, I'm back at it in the morning so we stayed on schedule I I did not stay on any schedule (laughs) I will tell you before COVID my eye would twitch a lot because I was so stressed out Yeah. and I would get up at like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning because I'm that crazy teacher in person they're going to laugh when I say this you know I get everywhere early she was there before the DJ (laughs) so I'm like I'm the first one in the building at work and um, it's a lot. So during the COVID, I was able to just relax. What's your getaway? Um, I don't really have a getaway. Um, I mean, you know, they tell you not to drink because it lowers your immune system. I do that anyways. Um, but you know, <laughs> that's what they say. But you know, I don't care. Um, but um, you know, just working, watching my show, Sex in the City. Um, I've been doing some walks, doing my, you know virtual happy hours with my friends. But other than that, I don't really have any other giveaway. So you're okay, basically you're okay. Wow, well, I'm okay, but that's all I can do. But how do you, but how do you be okay? Because you're dealing with someone else's kids every day, then you have to deal with your own, you have no escape. So what keeps you sane? Because something has to keep you, and I, you know, I don't want to say you're a ticking time bomb, because I know you. I probably, I probably am. Mm-hmm. Um, you can say it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, Tell us about it. <laughs> no, I, I mean I don't. I mean my my outlet was getting out. Right. And staying busy. So my one of my issue is being stiff. Um, my saneness was uncontrolled chaos basically. Okay. So going every day to chapter meetings, NPHC meetings, going to my friend's house going everyday life that was normal that was okay for me this still is what's got me so let's, let's i didn't even do that when i had baby y'all you can ask that after two weeks i was out okay <laughs> but let's talk about that so since you're able to slow down the world slowed down and you're able to get this time to yourself what have you been doing like rediscovering you being that you have that extra time outside of always on the go what what has been your your moment, your discovery, you know. Do you appreciate that extra time? Or? Um, I have more time to get, for me, I felt like I've gotten more time to, and it sounds funny, but get ill. Um, I think because I have not been moving, like I have to now take medications for my neck and more migraine pains, you know, pills and things of that nature. So I feel like me staying still, it's giving my body time to do whatever it was. It might be healing, but it's, for me, it's like I'm, gotten like headaches and not feeling good but it's probably didn't ever give myself time to do that before because I was always on the go does that make sense no (laughs) I'm gonna speak for her in a sense and I think we can all attest to it I think one thing that it has done for you is made you reevaluate your career um because um 
it's been something that has been constant for you to talk about. Um, and her being so busy in it, I think she was just doing it mm-hmm. and not realizing how unhappy she was. And it's not really her passion, right. but because she was so busy. So I think this time has allowed her time to think about that and actually, you know, realize what other skill set she has where she can possibly go out She's into small. a different position. Yeah. But at the same time, it still makes me... Anxious. Anxious. Anxiety. That's, what, that's what I was going to say. Do you think the migraines everything come from anxiety, anxiousness? Yes. Because there is that because always constant, and now you mm-hmm. are sitting at home. It's forcing you to be mm-hmm. still, think, recollect. Mm-hmm. Is that bringing on some of those ailments? Because I, for a lot of people, I know that you know with the slowdown, they kind of blood pressure is lower quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, they're able to get more rest, mm-hmm. kind of focus on them, and you're the complete opposite. Uh-huh. And, I, and you know, I know it's, it sounds hilarious, but I'm scared about that because you have to take extra medicine. I don't do well with medicine. I'm taking some now and I hate it. So Yeah. You know. And with the job, it, it's stressful or, or it's stressful for me because I think about it and I'm like, yes, I want to move. Like just going to people's houses. I don't know what's behind the door. That's what right. makes me anxious. Like I'm like, okay, am I gonna go home today? Or somebody gonna be extra mad at me? Because I don't know who's behind that door when I'm knocking on like before I could go to schools and see their kids and not have to fight with the parents to see them but now I'm having to worry about what's behind the door who's upset with me or whoever called in whatever the case may be but the fear is because I am so flexible in my job if I move to another job it won't be I won't be able to do the stuff that I'm used to doing but see I want you to think about that because you know that's that's a big deterrent for especially African-American affluent young working we always we're so comfortable that we don't want to push ourselves because we used to come in I clock in or I get my coffee this time and we don't push ourselves and then we look back 10 years from now you could have been running that whole department so I don't I don't want you to ever you got to get out of that because you're your damn good mother you're all working when you come to your organization and I don't think you worked hard to get that established they're working with you and your kids I think the same will happen at your next job or your next position because people work with people who have good work ethic Mm -hmm. and a lot of us don't there's a lot of us that have been granted some of these positions (laughs) where their job is hoping it's a layoff so they can go ahead and clean house but there's some people who work so hard that they don't mind like you said your job don't mind like Maisha's job I'm Shanae I'm sure Robin everybody has that job where they're like we'll work with you so I don't think you need to have that in the back of your head like but what happens when you know I'm providing these and they say this don't, don't do that because <clears throat> trust me if they want you they'll, they'll make it happen mm-hmm. and if they hire you they'll, they'll want that so just think about that but I also talk to your doctor about the medicine and all that too I'm nervous about that he want to get into did he say oh yeah we're not going to talk about that we'll have another session yeah we're not going to talk about that but and I think for me, it's hard for me to, like, first of all, I'm, a, I'm an introvert at heart. So this is great for me. I just, you know, I'm good. But we're getting the house remodeled. So my second passion is cooking. So I was able to cook up until a point, and now I can't, and it bothers me. So I'm like, oh, you can come to my house. You can right. come to my house. We got kids. But yeah. I got to pack boxes so I had to shut down sweet and savory before this because I had to start packing up all my stuff you know so all my, yeah but yeah my two passions is education and cooking so I, I before I had to shut down the kitchen I was making all kind of yeah so. that's good I mean 
I think sometimes big misnomer. I've talked to quite a few people, and I, I felt this was a really good episode to talk about to talk to real time mothers that are going through real time parents because it is very hard, and I think it's hard for people who are single without kids to try to navigate through the day, especially when you're just at home sitting and rediscovering you. And I think when people say they're not happy being at home because home has never been happy. And I think that, you know, finding the time to really see what you like to do and see what you want to do is very important. But to have that add-on, which is a child or which are children, you most, most mothers, especially African-American, black mothers, they put themselves second. The kids come first. And I think that's commendable. That's something that people don't really talk about a lot. Um, my mom was one of the big, she was advocated where she didn't matter and she let us know like, hey, what you need and she went without. And I think to see people's young mothers, y'all age, having the same mindset is very rare these days because a lot of mothers will put their kids on their mother and they'll still be out there like they're single and to see how you guys infuse that in your everyday life. And like I said, Maisha, with those three dogs, they on Facebook. I, I type her name in to see what they posted because it's laughable. It makes you, you smile looking at the video. And I think a lot of people don't have that. Laughter is very good. And I think it helps you through the day because life is stressful in itself. It's not easy. And people look at people's Facebook, people look at people's social media, and they automatically say, oh, it's just like they have the best life. But you know, you have to work your way to get to that. And it's good for some people to share the good, the bad, the ugly. And I think. This is one of the episodes where I really want to give mothers an opportunity to talk. And so, you know, in the last segment, like, what are some of the tools that help you as a parent with your child that you maybe can give someone that's listening to this, like, to help them through it, being that it's a full-time job, that there is no off days, and you also have a full-time job as a parent. You know, you walking into there, um, talking to your boss, and having that opportunity, that one-on-one, and they were able to receive it. You know, not saying that it can't happen. Some people are not able to have that rapport with a with a boss, if you would. So, what are some of the tips y'all can give people that are experiencing a life that you're experiencing to keep you going through? Like it's kind of same with the survival mode as yourself, but the survival mode as a parent. It can be anything. Um, this is Kamisha. Uh, I would. Hold on, you know why y'all can. This is Smaisha. Because you, you can't see us. Because you can't see us. They'll know who you are once, once you we start talking. We, we harmonize like... Oh, okay. Business shop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cut. Go back. This is Kamisha. Um, <laughs> so, for me, I I will say do it, do it the way you need to do it. Um, I am a firm believer of talk to your village, see what they're doing, but that might not work for you. Mm-hmm. Like, do it the way that you know that your life makes it happen, and then be honest. Like, for me, I'm, I'll say whatever. But I say it because, if, for me, if I don't say it, nobody can never say it didn't happen or I didn't say it. So, um, that's what I do at work. Um, I guess that's why I work where I work. I say what needs to be said. And then you take it from there. But I don't say it in a disrespectful way or whatever the case may be, but I'm going to let you know, no, I cannot help you overnight because I don't have anybody to watch my child. So that, that's, that's, that's your situation. You need to let your job or whoever know that, that that's what it is so it's already out there on the table. Um, I would say, um, and Maisha alluded to it earlier, is it is okay to not know what you're doing. Um, And I have to make sure that I tell my child that now because he's at this age where 
he um, feels like a failure because in school he may not learn um, a teak as quick as somebody else. I said teak like y'all educators. <laughs> but he may not learn the concept as fast as someone else and that bothers him. And so I always um, bring it back to life that you are not going to always do things the way that everyone else does it. You're not going to get it as fast as they get mm-hmm. it. You're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. And I have to let him know that I make mistakes um, because your kids look at you and they think you're perfect and they don't know what goes on when they go to sleep. They don't know that you're crying. They don't know that you're trying to figure out life still. And so I make sure that I'm um, as transparent with him as I can on his level so that he understands that it's okay to make mistakes, but how are you going to fix it? If you mess up, how are you going to fix it? And keep going. Don't give up. You know, if that's your passion, continue to work at it, but figure out a different way to do it. That's good. Um, and I was actually going to say something different, but then it reminded me. Um, you have to be able to to speak to your kids and, and don't always treat them like they're so far beneath some sort of comprehension level. Right. Um, speak to them in, in order to elevate where they comprehend, right? So you don't always have to go down to this five-year-old level because you have a five-year-old. If you talk to them like they're 10, guess what? They're going to elevate what they understand and how they articulate things. And it's okay to let your kids know that they're not the only ones in the house that need something. Yeah. And I had an interesting conversation. It was because of a frustration moment um, with my three daughters. And they are five, six, and seven years old. And all day, it was, Mommy, can I? Mommy, can you? Mommy, can you do this? Mommy, can I have this? And it was, like, rapid fire this day. And I think that I was two seconds from, like, oh, I think I actually might have lost my shit. So <laughs> um, so I, I was just, I was done with the lack of consideration for the fact that it's three of them, one of me, and they act like I am just, my sole purpose is to be there for every cookie that they want, Mm -hmm. every drink of water that they want. And, you know, so I just said, all right, stop. Okay, I need you guys to understand something. I'm a person. You know, I am not just your mom, but I am a person. So when you are hungry, when you are sad, when you are, whatever feelings you have, your mother has all of those feelings too. So when's the last time you asked me when I've been sitting in my office for three hours, am I thirsty? When is the last time when I have been, you know, working all day long, have you asked me, hey, did you eat yet? You know, you're old enough at this point. If you know you wanted a cookie, guess what? You might want to ask your mama. (laughs) Hey, mommy, I'm I'm, going to grab these Oreos. Do do you want one? You know, and that, but who... Who would teach them that if not us? Right. Yeah. You know, it's not like they were, They. it's not something that they were born with. You know what, let me check on people the way they check on me. They have to learn. That's a learned behavior. Yeah. And I think as parents, we forget to teach that. And then we, we hold them accountable for them being ungrateful yep. or non-reciprocal of the, the treatment that we give them. But that's our fault. Right. I mean, unless you're raising an asshole, um, <laughs> you know, it's our considerate children or they have the capacity to be considerate children it is your job as a parent to foster that in them by letting them know that although I am an adult and you see me as this perfect person who does everything for you it is time now that you learn how to take care of me too 
because we all we got. We all you know? we got. And right. so if if I, if all I do is pour into you all day, what do you think I have left? You know, this is about mommy being a cup. You know, and I've got this much water. I got to give it to you, your sister, your other sister, my job. You know, and and now what happens when mommy's cup is on is low? You know, I've got nothing left. Have you ever asked me, hey, mommy, can I put water in your cup? You know, and so it's funny because I, I made that decision to have that that conversation in a frustrating moment, but that it resonated with them. I mean, they were literally my little my three kids were crying at the end of that conversation because to them they were like, "Wow, we don't take care of our mom." I wasn't trying to guilt trip them, but it worked. <laughs> so my my. my because I have started crying in that conversation. They don't like to see me cry, you know, and, and I, I very rarely do that. You know, we we, hide, we, sh- we shield our kids from, from our own Yeah, we cry after they go to bed or in the shower or whatever. But it's okay to, to be vulnerable with your kids and say, hey, you know what? It's starting to get to the point to where it hurts me that you don't think about me. Yeah. You know, and so if you're if you have the capacity to understand that you have a need, then you also have that capacity to understand that other people around you have needs. Mm-hmm. And so now it's time for you to elevate to this level of, hey, you know, let me make sure my mom is good, too, so she can continue to take care of me. And they do it now. Like, they are literally Ryan around the clock. That's my middle baby. Mommy, do you need anything? Mommy, is there anything I can do for you? And this happened a month and a half or so ago. But for her, it resonated so deeply in her spirit of, I need my mom to be okay. That she just, I mean, and she actually makes the other two aware because she'll ask and then they right behind her. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Mommy, did you need something? I'm like, no, Ryan got it. You know? (laughs) Was she the one that got you dressed right? Was that right? Yes. She she helped her pick out her clothes and she made sure they knew it. I got my dress together. And then the next one was like, can I pick your Can I do it tomorrow? Yeah. (laughs) We're making a competition. competition. Who who take care of mommy the best? You know, we got different kinds of levels to this. Okay. For me, that was a parenting hack. You know, make them feel accountable for something. Right. And because my job, it is. I brought you into this world. It is my job to take care of you. But you are not void of responsibilities when it comes to me. Yeah. You know, you are my child. You should want me to be okay. So you don't have to do it. You know, there's no law saying take care of your parents. But there, but there's verses in the Bible about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So although it's not law, Jesus said. You know? yeah. <laughs> I'm going to allow, you know. Right. So, right. so how do you honor me? What does that look like? Learn your mom's love language. And mine is, Come you on. know, mine is, you know, Sir. small favors. You know, like, you know, acts of that's service. Right. That's my, that's yeah. my jam. You know, you don't have to go. I, I don't really care nothing about your little picture that you drew. And that's me. I don't do wall arts and stuff like that. I, me I throw them all the way. All that macaroni stuff is all in the trash. That's not my jam, you know. And that's my transparent moment as mom. You're welcome. Hey. Um, but if you, but if you go and get me a glass of water. You know, that to me is meaningful. And so that's what I've had to teach my kids. And what I realized in that moment was that they are not too young to learn something like that. And so that is my mom hack or parent hack. Don't don't underestimate the capability of your kid to care enough about you to start taking responsibility about taking care of you, too. You know, pouring pouring your what they say, my mom said. She feels that this ge- they failed our generation because they were so not afforded things mm-hmm. that they wanted to make sure we had, but they never stopped to turn 
teach us hard work either. Yeah. And if we have it in our generation, it's, it's because it's a rarity. But that's why in our generation as parents, it now they're be. doing, for them now, they don't want kids. Everything is about, yeah. it's fun. Yeah. But here you go, like a dog. You know, everybody want a dog, but a dog is a child that never grows up. Mm-hmm. And so when you have that dog, it's like it's cute pictures. Mm-hmm. Hey, here the fru fru. But when you want to get up on that plane and go, <laughs> you can't. Right. And it's the same with parents and with our generation. And it's really good that you said that because people need to know that hey, it's not, it's not, it's not ever a right time because I think this generation they we fail. As parents, because we spoil our kids until it's too late, yep. and then you expect them in high school all of a sudden go off to college. Mm-hmm. But then you, you know, when we were in college registering, mama dropped us off. Yeah. Tell me if you need money. Mm-hmm. And now these kids, mama's been to school. I'm gonna talk to your English teacher. Let me meet your advisor. Mm-hmm. They got a shirt on. Prayer view mom or mm-hmm. college mom, mama. Sit down. Yeah. And it's hard because they they fell in love and the moms at the school just like the parents. You know, I have siblings, and you know, I love y'all, but you know, they don't, you know, they feel they don't go to the school until I need to pick up that phone. Yeah, uh-huh. um, it's too late. Can mm-hmm. you make up work? We know what time it is. Y'all know. You know, our mom's just hardworking women. My mom's a nurse. She worked twenty four seven. Breakfast was in the microwave. We woke up. Dinner was in the microwave. He got home. You know, it's just one of those. But we've made do. And I think my like my mom was not. She was not short of telling us, "Mama worked hard." Please appreciate this because it's not gonna happen all the time, right. and it kind of taught you to be efficient, respect, and you still, you did used to look out for us. Hey, I'm going to pick up something. Let me get mama something. She might not even want it, but she would be appreciative. So I like that, especially as young as they are, and, and young, especially in this time that we're going through. You know, not only with the pandemic, but Black Lives Matter. Right. They kind of working hand in hand, and I think it's a you know the generation after us because I see we all the same. Generation after us have, they have, we were removed from our history, but they don't even see it. They don't even know. Yeah. You know, they think Martin Luther King was a slave. You know, let them tell it. Yeah. And so, yeah. you, you know, you have to, and it's funny, but there are some kids who think Martin Luther King was a slave. Oh, no, I have He stories. freed the slaves. I have yeah. stories. Not freed the slaves. Oh, yeah. Harry Tubman was, um, she ran for president. I mean, they don't really know. It's like they hear about it, but they don't want to hear it. Yeah. I heard, I, I heard that. Dallas, <laughs> I had a student ask me if color was invented during the civil rights movement no. because they don't understand why some pictures are in black and white uh-uh. and some are in color. Ms. Bird, was color invented during the civil rights movement? Eh, eh, oh, dear eh. God. Eh. No. Oh, we all were in black and white at first. Right. And you know, and you know one thing, else, everybody looks so sad. Everybody looks so sad in the pictures. Yeah. Yeah. And like, Were Mexicans invented by the Civil Rights Movement? Yeah, oh yeah. They, oh, somebody asked that too. Somebody said, one of their students said to them, like, so what have the, the Mexican people been? I said, they were in the class. <laughs> but they were passed. They were let them sit in the back. Y'all couldn't be in the room at all. Yeah. I don't believe that. But see, now that Black Lives Matter has elevated, right. now it's impelling people to really go learn the history. Yeah, so yeah. I'm kind of glad for that yeah. too. Yeah. But that's a whole nother episode. Um, but I did want to say, because it's interesting to hear y'all talk about, you know, with your kids, because I'm, I'm not a, an only child, but I'm an only child because me and my brother are 12 and a half years apart. And my parents were divorced when I was four. So it's been me and my mom. So 
we've never, we don't have a lot of people around to help us do stuff. So it's on me to do everything. Change the light bulb, figure the internet out, do so. I don't, I don't get the luxury to call my cousin so-and-so to help me with such and such. If anything she needs, she comes to me first. And sometimes that's frustrating, especially because we live together, you know. And we had we had a moment. We both cried, and I was like, "Mom, I'm working. I go get the groceries. I do so and so, and I do blah blah." And when I say, "Hey, I'm tired," or well, I mean, you you left your shoes over there. Are you serious right now? <laughs> you know, like I got one little class. Like just chill out for a minute. But it's it's almost it's different when your parent is getting older. And you're trying to be respectful, you know, but you still need your time and you're trying to have that balance, you know, it's this new weird weird world that we're in and I you know, you don't get to get away. I got to see yeah. you every day. I love you, homie, but I'm tired too. I, you know, I, I thank y'all for, you know, being so vulnerable because you know, I think people hear about the podcast and they get nervous. But podcasts have become very popular, you know, because it's a conversation. And it's like a 24-hour radio station you can listen to it, stop, start, whenever. But it's a lot of good knowledge on the podcast. And the whole goal for this podcast is just everyday people. We don't care ourselves like we, the know-it-alls. There's so many ways to skin a cat. But however you skin a cat, share it. And so I think this podcast has been successful because that's how I want. I want real people. I don't need a, you know, need a certified Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> sitting on the couch and telling us how you know we need the real life people right, right. Um, so I just want to thank y'all but is there anything that y'all want to add before we close this thing out anything you want to talk about get off your chest no, just... not get off your chest <laughs> she just said no I think in the beginning we were, it, we were joking around about you know liking or not liking your kids and you know not wanting to be around your kids all the time doesn't mean you don't like them mm-hmm. um, I think we need to be very forgiving to ourselves as parents you don't have to like your kids all the time they don't like us all the time right. so how are, how are we less human than them you know so uh, I think it's, it's okay to have a frustrated moment with your kids and just learn how to walk away you know walk away from that moment and then come back but then have that conversation um, I, I live by this creed of um if I don't tell you how you hurt me, then it's not my—it's not your fault if you do it again. Mm. So, you know, if my kids do something that frustrates me to the point to where I need a break, I need to come back and be able to explain to them why that wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have kids that are the same age, essentially, so they fight a lot. And it bothers me that they fight a lot. I understand that's what kids do, um, but I had to explain to them what that looks like to me. You know, when you try, my job is to protect my kids. And so if anyone hurts my kids, my instinct is to hurt that person who hurt my children. So what happens when it's one of your own children that hurts your other child? And so I had to explain to them the situation that they put me in. You know, you make me have to choose whether I'm giving someone the okay to hurt my children. And I have to protect all of you, even if it's from one another. And so they get it. And the uh, I don't know if CPS is okay with this, but... Um, <laughs> The saying in my house, and everybody knows it, is if you put your hands on my kids, mommy put my hand, I'll put my hands on you. Um, And that goes for, and it's designed for outsiders, but it it applies inside too. And so they always know if someone comes downstairs and says, you know, such and such hit me, I'll ask the question, you know, well, what, tell me the whole story first, because I don't believe in, you know, the last person that got hit is the one who's telling, you know, how did it start? 
you know, because it was this a, a reciprocity moment? Did you deserve what you just got? Or, you know, did somebody sneak you from the back? You know, I got to know how to respond. <laughs> so, um, but I, I think that we forget as parents that, that kids are sponges and they can learn by, by, by just instilling certain things in them. They're not going to be perfect at it. You know, I'm not perfect at stuff that people tell me still and I'm, older than them um so no still yeah uh -uh, I am um but at the same time I think that I I think we don't give our kids enough credit if they can sit in a class all day and come back and learn a a whole new skill with math math that I've never done in my whole life before uh this new math is something in it um so if they can learn a math concept they can surely learn to keep their hands to themselves right so let's let's teach our kids life uh let's teach our kids about life and what the expectations are, and what the ramifications of not meeting those expectations are. Um, it's okay to get it wrong, but getting, but being okay doesn't mean that there's no ramifications. Yeah. You know. So okay. you know, it's it's a thing. You know, don't lie to me because I'd rather you admit the mistake. Mm-hmm. But admitting the mistake doesn't absolve you of the punishment. But it means now that I can still trust you through the process. You know, I'm still going to, whatever the punishment was, it's going to be the punishment, but you're going to make it worse because now you're eroding the trust that we have in our home, you know, mm-hmm. and don't do that. If I can't trust the people that are in my house, I'm in trouble, right. you know, and so I teach that to them. You know, what if I told you, yeah, I, I got dinner, you know, I'm going to make you dinner and now it's tomorrow and you're still hungry. How would you feel? You know, you would feel some sort of betrayed by me. Mm-hmm. That is how you make me feel when I ask you if you broke the lamp and you look at me in my face and telling me no. You know, I don't know what your next lie will be, and I don't want to have to guess. So in order to not do that, tell me the truth. Let's just take that L that's lost for those of you who, you know, don't speak Ebonics. Um, You take that L and, you know, and but we move on with, you know, with that life lesson and that trust intact. You know, so just don't erode the trust and we're always going to be okay. Um, and so don't 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 let that message be lost on yours. Um, let them know it's okay to make mistakes, but that doesn't absolve you of whatever the punishment is. But I still got to be able to trust you at the end of all of it, just like you want to trust me. And you know, on this on this podcast, we don't take our L's and our losses; they're lessons. So <laughs> we don't take that L. We don't take that lesson, just like what you said. Because so they you know, really some, didn't understand. They didn't understand. No, they do. They do. <laughs> they do. They do. They do. <laughs> you, know, you know, people. Loss and the same thing. You yeah. know, people sometimes. In our community, that L is a lot. You lost. Yeah. Man, that was, but, you know, it's a lesson. Right. Because you might have lost, but there's a lesson in that because you know you won't lose again. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I, I like how you said, if I never tell you how you hurt me, yeah. it's not your fault when you repeat it. Yeah. But if I let you know the first time and then you do it again, I, at that moment I could say, hey, <laughs> you don't care. You don't care. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. It's okay. Yeah. For me, it's just know know that it's okay to take a break. Um, Like we've all stated, we are moms. Um, We feel like we got to do it all. Um, And that is still something that I'm learning. But it is okay to to need a break, to say, you know what, I just can't do it right now. And walk away and come back and get it right. Um, But yeah, that's been one of the the challenging things that I've dealt with here during the COVID. And so I would say I would leave you guys with that. Just know when it's okay to take a break. It's okay to say I can't do it right now. Um, you, you're still super mom. 
You yeah. just gotta right. take a break right. and then go back to being super mom. Yeah. You, you know, replenish yourself. Right. Put the cape in the dry cleaner. Put the dry cleaner. But it's it's gonna be back. Right. And dry cleaner clothes right after school. Um as it has been said through the whole podcast, I would just say stay transparent and make sure you have a circle or a village to talk to. Yeah. Um, because keeping it in is going to kill you um, for real. And yeah. so make sure you have people that you can have on your side, have your back, um, and just be able to release to. Um, you could be talking about anything, and just as long as you're getting it out, because it's better. What do they say? Gaps. Better out than Because I mean that 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 yeah. could kill you for real. So um, just make sure you have your backup. And with that village, be okay with what the village has to say. Yes. Right. So, yes. Because mm-hmm. um, you may not like everything that your village has to tell you, but if your village is real. You, you take that and you're like, you know what? I appreciate you for telling me about myself. I appreciate you for checking me in that moment because um, it's mm-hmm. been <laughs> plenty of times in our village that we may not have liked what each other has said, but we needed it in that moment. Mm-hmm. And we are thankful for the set of friends that we, you know, we stick to. And, you know, like we said, most of us are mothers. And it's like, is Robin the only one that's not a mom now? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, but she still gets it and she still knows when to call us out on things that we may not even notice. And it, it's a good thing that she's not a mom in a sense, because she still comes at us and, you know, relational things and our career things, you know, things like that. So be open to hearing what your village has to say. Because and if your village always agrees with you, hmm. then get another get, get a new village. village. Get a new village. Come right here. Come right here. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. real real. Is it? Your village keep telling you you own and you know you're not. You know you're not. Get you a new one. You know the bad is it? I see the light. No. I like that. Y'all come on now. Y'all spitting. Hey, this is real that, nah, that that part though, that's real. Yeah. Um, I can't even thank them enough. And we can I mean yeah. we could sit and talk to each other and even if one of our village members may not be here and we're all on the same accord about something, mm-hmm. we don't have a problem going back to our village. Like we don't even look at it as y'all's talking about me behind my back. Right. Because it's not like that. It's you know it's about the intent. Yeah. It's the intent. And it and that that's probably why when you, you got your little friendships and y'all break up, is because you really didn't want you know, their intent towards helping you or you getting over that problem wasn't real they probably were out sharing your business with everybody else and and that's one thing that i'm gonna tell you too if you're in a village don't be telling each other's business that ain't it that ain't it you can get you out Yeah. <laughs> what did I say? Oh, 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 oh,
but yeah, I think as mom and women, we fall out a lot. And that's I think that's part of the reason why. Emotions. You don't, don't want to hear what you really need to hear. It's emotion. Yeah. But but that said, but that said, don't don't believe the hype. This you yeah. know, real housewives of whoever that ain't the kind of falling out y'all should be doing. Yeah, y'all yeah. shouldn't be throwing tables at each other <laughs> and calling each other that's all kind of things and stuff. Like that. Yeah, that's that's not that's not that that's not healthy. You know, that's toxic. You know, and that's very different than falling out. You know, we we can have disagreements, but we remain respectful of who we are as people. So you know that that's important. If you got disrespect respect happening every time y'all falling out that's that's not yeah. real that, that's toxicity and you need to get that out your life yeah because we only throw tables at other people yeah we won't throw them at each other but stand back if you're not they don't need toxicity and covid at the same time that's double bad that's an underlying and that, that's not good so mm-hmm. just keep it out your life yeah you're gonna die you're gonna die I'm trying to kill everybody killing everybody for a long time <laughs> Well, do y'all have a social media that y'all want people if they can follow you? Are nah, you okay? Nah, we good. No. <laughs> okay. I, mean, I give you the opportunity. I just give you the opportunity. Uh, our social media life ain't even on. Sweet and savory. And when you're coming back? Uh, whenever the kitchen does. Okay, we're going to say August. Yes, August. When the world opens up. Back. Yeah, yes. August, yeah. sweet and savory should be back in action. Yes. But the rest of us don't look yeah. for us. Okay? And, and I thank those who keep calling us. <laughs> right. Wait a minute. No, no, no. No, who sent you? Right. <laughs> Corey, what you hear? What you hear? But, you know, if you if you need to talk to us, just hit Corey up. Yes. 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 And we're doing it because everybody's <laughs> Okay, that's a whole nother um, 
Yeah. Over 35, please. They yeah. still give us stats, but um, <laughs> I just want to thank y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for even being on here. Thank y'all for being brave enough talking. Yeah, Very important to see y'all. Yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of all y'all. I do really enjoy. But I think y'all really need to come up with these channels because <laughs> Carson already it be making me laugh. Carson on the thing. Thank y'all so much and um until next time. We out.